Happy Hump Day, everybody. Hello, I am Kyle Lamb. I am the host of the Locked On Buckeyes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is the maiden voyage. Actually, to be technical, there were 73 past episodes of Locked On Buckeyes, but I am the brand new host. We are giving this another go. I hope you'll listen. I hope you'll stick with me. Those of you following me from Unscripted Ohio, you know what I'm all about. But for those of you hearing me for the first time, let's set this show up because we're going to talk to some Ohio State Buckeyes five days a week. I hope to be one of your go-to episodes, your go-to listens. I do manage and run the Unscripted Ohio Podcast Network. I will be continuing to be engaged. Those of you that know me from the Unscripted Ohio Network, I'll continue to be involved and engaged over there producing content. We got a lot of great things, but I'm very, very excited about Locked On Buckeyes. So today, this being the first episode, we're going to jump right into Ohio State coverage. We're going to talk right off the bat about this huge game that Ohio State has with Wisconsin. Is that a trap game? That's going to be something we talk about right away. I'll tell you why I think the Badgers' loss to Illinois is a little bit misleading. We're also going to talk more about this Ohio State team. Are they the greatest Buckeyes team ever? We'll get into that. I'll tell you what the numbers have to say in segment two. And then later on in the show, we've got Jim Harbaugh. Would he really ditch Michigan? One report says maybe. We'll talk about that. And the preseason Ohio State basketball poll, the preseason AP poll is out. Ohio State is ranked. I will tell you where and my thoughts on that. The Locked on Buckeyes podcast is sponsored by Buckeye Grow. For more great Ohio State Buckeyes news, opinions, columns, and a wealth of recruiting intel, please visit BuckeyeGrow.com. We are also sponsored by JFQ Lending. All of your mortgage and refinance needs should be handled by a Buckeye, licensed in 33 states, and more on the way. Please visit them at JFQLending.com. Finally, we are also supported by GoBus. Thanks to support by GoBus, Ohio's rural intercity bus system can bring you to Columbus for Ohio State sporting events with over 40 stops across the state. Visit them at RideGoBus.com or call them 1-888-95-GO-BUS. Wisconsin coming to Columbus on Saturday, noon kickoff on Fox. I've talked a lot about how much I'm impressed with the Fox big noon coverage this year. Those noon kickoffs have added a lot of depth to college football coverage. They've given great content to college football fans. This is a huge game coming up. Don't get it twisted. Wisconsin losing to Illinois doesn't really change much, and I'm going to tell you why. Wisconsin has all of their goals still intact. They can still run the table. They can still get to the Big Ten championship if they beat Ohio State if they beat Minnesota, all of those goals are there for them. This doesn't change Ohio State one iota. Now, Fox may be sitting there looking at this game on Saturday, and this is a crushing blow for them because a chance to have a top six matchup, two top six teams for a noon kickoff was very enticing for them. You were looking at easily... 10 million viewers for that game on Saturday if both teams were undefeated. Now, I think you're probably still looking at 9 to 10 million, but you could have cracked the 12, 13 million range. 
But this game, let me tell you, Ohio State doesn't have it any different. There are two extremes that I see being talked about with Ohio State fans, and I think both of them are a little off. You've got one extreme saying, yeah, this Wisconsin team just lost Illinois. How does that happen? This this can't be truly a top 10 team, right? Everything we saw with the stats, the analytics, the eye test, that all must have been a lie because Wisconsin went out and lost to Illinois. There's that one extreme of people saying this Ohio State team, they're going to blow the doors off Wisconsin on Saturday. And then you have the other side, the the other extreme that is saying this Wisconsin team is going to be mad. They're going to be extra motivated. This game just became that much tougher on Saturday. While I think that there are elements to a little bit of, there there is a little bit of truth to both sides, to both extreme. I think that the truth is in the middle. I think that Wisconsin was always going to be a tough game, no matter how you slice it. And I still believe that is true today. Because I I tell you what, what is not a fluke is that the Wisconsin defense is still very good. On Saturday, don't get it wrong. You know, Wisconsin led that game pretty much the entire way. They dominated the game. They had 40 minutes to 19, 41 minutes to 19 minutes in time of possession. They nearly doubled the yards over Illinois. The thing that lost Wisconsin that game against Illinois was two things. Well, really just one thing. It was the turnovers. It was the three turnovers and then giving up a couple of big plays, which is uncharacteristic for that defense. They are so fundamentally sound. You almost never catch them out of position. They're really tough up front. They dominate the line of scrimmage. They don't miss tackles. It's hard to get behind that Wisconsin secondary, but Illinois was able to get behind them twice with two big plays, a 48-yard pass, a 43-yard run. That's the game right there. You throw in the turnovers. Illinois was not able to sustain any drives against Wisconsin on Saturday. Both of their scores, both of their touchdowns, anyhow, were from outside the red zone. They didn't get into the red zone the entire game. And I think Wisconsin kind of felt the pressure. They were looking ahead a little bit, I think, to Ohio State. This is just my, uh, this is just my read from the game. I felt like they were looking ahead. I felt like their coaching staff got a little bit conservative. When the game got tight in the second half, I think they buckled under the pressure. I think they were just looking to find any way they could to milk that lead and get out of there with a one-point win even. And then all of a sudden, the last drive, third down and five, instead of running, they throw the pass, it gets intercepted, Illinois gets down at field goal range, and the rest is history. It was a, a, a shocking loss for, for Wisconsin. I thought the game would be closer because of the effect of looking ahead to Ohio State. But despite that loss, it doesn't change the motivation any. This game was always going to be tough for Ohio State. It's still going to be tough for Ohio State, I think. Is there a possibility of Ohio State just blowing the doors off of Wisconsin on Saturday? Sure. When you look at the talent, the differential is is stark. 
Ohio State has 10 times the number of four and five star recruits on their roster. Look that up. It's, it's crazy. They have like 60 four and five star recruits compared to like six, something like that. It's maybe 60 to 10, but there's a huge difference between the two. Ohio State has more talent. So the way they're playing, and I'll talk about this in, in the second segment, I think Ohio State is playing not just the best team in the country, but the best Ohio State team we have ever seen. That's not hyperbole. Look at the numbers. I'm going to be talking about that here later in the show. The numbers suggest this could be the best Ohio State team ever. So do I think that there is a reasonable possibility of this being a blowout? Sure. But I also think the numbers suggest this has got a chance to be a really tough game. And don't pay too much attention. Don't pay too much attention to that result on Saturday. We're talking about some turnover luck. We're talking about a few big plays difference. And that is the difference between Wisconsin losing as they did and them escaping with like a 10, 14 point win in a ho-hum effort where they just had their eyes focused on that game the very next week. You know that they were thinking about that Ohio State game. Credit Ohio State for going into Chicago, Chicago Metro, Evanston to be exact. Credit for Ohio State to go in and take care of business against Northwestern the way they did on what could have been a sleepy Friday night. They were able to go in and take care of business. That doesn't make them better than Wisconsin alone but it does say something about the psyche of Ohio State, which is another reason I'm not subscribing to Wisconsin being a trap game. I don't think that the focus has been off of this Ohio State team the entire year. I think Ohio State is showing up. They're taking care of business on and off the field. They're preparing, and they know this Wisconsin team, as I said, don't go down the road of being a prisoner of the moment. Don't assume that because Wisconsin lost to Illinois that this is going to be any easier a game than it was going to be before. Wisconsin's going to be motivated. Ohio State's going to be motivated. This is a really tough defense for Ohio State to go up against. It's going to be a true test. Michigan State was a great test of where Ohio State's offensive line was that particular week. This is going to be another test. The rest of the season is going to be a series of tests for Ohio State. They have aced every single one thus far, but this is the midterm. This is a, a, a bigger deal than that homework assignment that Michigan State was a few weeks back. And I, I don't want people getting caught up in that loss to Wisconsin. That loss, to, that loss for Wisconsin against Illinois, because I really believe in this defense it's just one game. Even Vegas, Vegas doesn't overreact to results. It was going to be about a 13-point spread. It opened up at a 14.5-point spread. So there's not a big difference because they didn't overreact. They updated and regressed both teams. And the data took into account that one extra data point. And what you get is Ohio State that's, that's a two-touchdown favorite on Saturday. So I'm saying... Find the delicate balance. Assume Wisconsin was going to be a tough game no matter what. They're not a terrible team just because they had a bad day. But I also think that Ohio State 
what it will still take this team seriously. And I think it's got the potential to be a Wisconsin win. It's got the potential to be an Ohio State blowout or something in between. I know that's covering all bases. I like to cover my cover my butt. C-Y-A, okay? But I'm not making a prediction on this game because honestly, I could see it going several different ways. But if you had to put a gun to my head and force me to say something in a predictive manner, then I'm going to say it's going to be tougher. I think Ohio State's string of six straight covering the spread, I think it snaps this Saturday against Wisconsin, but I do think they escape the horseshoe at noon Eastern with a W over Wisconsin. I just think it's going to be probably tougher than people think. Not because Wisconsin will be more motivated. They couldn't possibly be more motivated than they would have been being undefeated in a top six showdown. It's not about motivation, but maybe they have more focus. Maybe there's not as much pressure. They can go into this game loose and nothing to lose. And they, the truth is they do have something to lose. But when you're coming off a loss and you feel like the season could be over after that, I think it, it allows you to play uh, just with a, a, a carefree feel. And I think that's what Wisconsin will do this weekend. doesn't change much. It's going to be a close game. But I felt that way anyway. That's just my two cents on it. Hey, coming up next, uh, we've got more discussion about Ohio State. As I said, are they the greatest Ohio State team Ever. And I know most of you are saying, well, they haven't played anybody. They haven't played the big games yet. So it doesn't really matter. And I agree it doesn't matter. But I'm going to tell you my analysis on that coming up in a minute. But hey, this is a great time to tell you more about advertising with us. Because as Locked On Podcast, Locked On Buckeyes Podcast continues to grow and we get launched here, I'm hoping as a must listen for Ohio State sports fans... There's room for you to grow your business with us by taking advantage of our competitive sponsorship rates and very concentrated demographics. So if you're interested in growing your business and joining forces with Lockdown Podcasts, then why don't you email me, LockdownBuckeyes at gmail.com. Learn more about how the Lockdown Buckeyes podcast can benefit you. Coming up in the final segment, as I teased earlier in the show, Jim Harbaugh, would he leave that team up north? Footballscoop.com is reporting that as a possibility. I'll talk about that here coming up in a few minutes. And Ohio State number 18 in the preseason college basketball poll. Is that too high? Is it too low or just right? I'll give my thoughts on that in the third segment as well. Before we get to that point, 292. That is the number of points that Ohio State has outscored its opposition through seven games so far this season. In case you are wondering, and I know you are because I set this up to say so, that is the greatest scoring margin through any seven-game stretch that Ohio State has played in the last 100 years of Buckeyes football. I assume, and you know what they say about assumptions, that it's most likely the greatest seven-game stretch we have ever seen in Ohio State history. But I can't say definitively, because to be honest, I took the lazy way out, and once I got back to 1920, which is the furthest I looked, I decided, okay, I'm going to assume from here on out that 
maybe there are largest margins in a seven-game series, but it's not worth the effort anymore. So I can tell you that dating back 100 years to 1920, the 292 points that Ohio State has outscored its opposition so far this season, that is the highest scoring margin of any seven-game stretch in the last 100 years of Ohio State football. Let that sink in. I see a lot of you on Ohio State message boards, on social media. I see the conversations, and a lot of people in their frame of reference are uttering the phrase, this is the best team that I have ever seen in my lifetime. There are many people that will reply, even if they agree with that assessment, yeah, but wait until they play somebody. Wait until the end of the season. And these are all fair assessments. Now, as far as the playing somebody, I do have a pet peeve. And my pet peeve is I dislike that college football has become a sport where we all only care about playing somebody if it's a top 10 team. You, you've seen this, right? It, it gets disregarded. If you play anybody outside the top 10, especially, we are all in a knee-jerk reaction to disregard the opponent. Well, who have they played? Beating a, beating a top 20 team doesn't matter anymore. Beating a top 25 team doesn't matter. If it's not a top 10 team, then we just disregard it and shrug it off. I'm guilty of this as well, by the way. LSU has two solid wins against Texas and Florida. And I'm not going to sugarcoat this. I think Texas and Florida are both overrated. And so I have a tendency to dismiss both of those wins for LSU because I don't think that they're as good as their ranking. That being said, Texas and Florida are both good wins. We shouldn't disregard them as meaning nothing. It's not that LSU hasn't done anything. You can hold the opinion that a team is not as good as its ranking and still be a solid win. And that's where we're at with Ohio State. Ohio State has not played a top 10 team to date. They have not beaten what I would consider a top 20 team to date. Now, Cincinnati is ranked number 18 in the AP poll. And to be fair to the Bearcats, I think Cincinnati is a very solid team. I think they're probably a top 25, top 30, top 40 type of team for sure. Are they a number 18 team in the country? Probably not. But you see fans across the country jumping in to say, who has Ohio State played? Well, they have actually played the second toughest schedule among all of the AP Top 10 teams right now. When you look at Sagarin, when you look at S&P Plus, when you look at TeamRankings.com, these are all authorities on college football analytics. They have different ways and different measures of grading qualitative strength. But in all three instances, Ohio State has played the second toughest schedule among top 10 teams. That means they play a schedule better than Bama. They played a schedule better than Clemson, better than LSU, better than Oklahoma, Georgia. Auburn is the only one that has played a tougher schedule by those metrics. So people are guilty of this. Ohio State fans are guilty of this with other teams, and other fans are guilty of this looking at Ohio State. 
They fall into the trap. Who has Ohio State played? And I dislike the disregard for anybody outside the top 10, meaning you can't beat a good opponent if they're not a top 10 team. And it's going to happen with the same because there is a recipe here. There is a template that happens every single time Ohio State plays a new decent opponent. You go into the week and opposing teams say about Ohio State, well, this team is the toughest team they've played. Wait until they actually get a game from somebody. They're going to get a game from this team. And then when Ohio State blows that team out of the water, well, who have they played? Because Ohio State is actually a victim of its own success right now, because it's been so dominant and looks so good against every single decent team that they've played, and that's why they have a strong strength of schedule. Not that they've played a top 10 caliber team, but they've played a lot of teams that are decent. Indiana is decent. Cincinnati is decent. Michigan State, Nebraska, decent teams. Northwestern, terrible offense but actually a good defense. And this is what happens. Ohio State comes in, blows these decent teams out, and they get no credit because everybody just assumes, well, that team's not very good because Ohio State made them look really bad. And this is what great teams do. They make decent teams look like bad teams. And that's what these Buckeyes are doing. And that's why you don't have to wait for a top 10 opponent to know this team is good. Is it the best Ohio State team ever? I'm not going to be a prisoner of the the moment and say yes after seven games because I do think the the games against Wisconsin, Penn State, Michigan, possibly a Big Ten championship, possibly college football playoff, I think those games do matter as well. If we're judging the Ohio State team in the annals of history, is this the best Buckeye team ever? I'm going to wait until after the season before I make that definitive statement. But I will say this, 292, the next closest is 274 in a seven-game stretch to start the season in 1969. This team is doing something that no other Ohio State team has done, and I don't care if they haven't played anybody, quote-unquote, in a top-10 fashion. They still have blitzkrieged a lot of decent teams. So I will say, I will add this qualifier. Is this the greatest team, Ohio Ohio State team ever? Let's wait and see on that. But it is playing the best football I have ever seen an Ohio State team play through this number of games. I thought that 1998 team was the best team I'd seen. 2014 was playing unbelievably well at the end of the season. I thought 1998, with the exception of losing that Michigan State game, they looked really good the rest of the year. That's that's my framework, by the way. My, my Ohio State history goes back to the late 1980s, so I can't speak to the 70s team. I can't speak to 1969 or 68. Ironically, 1969 was better than 1968 when they won the title. But in 69, of course, they lost to Michigan in Bo Schembechler's first year, so that derailed their repeat possibility. But I think this team is playing the best football I've seen an Ohio State team play over a seven-game stretch. Will it continue? To be continued, we'll find out uh, very, very quickly. Wisconsin on Saturday is going to be another great test. Hey, coming up, uh, as I said, we're going to talk about the Jim Harbaugh rumors, the report from Football Scoop. Is he leaving Michigan? 
we will also uh, talk about Ohio State basketball, ranked number 18 in the preseason poll. If you are wondering, by the way, I hope that you will follow me on Twitter. You can follow me at KYLAM8. Be sure to uh, follow the show Twitter as well, at LockedOnBuckeye. That is LockedOnBuckeye, LockedOnBuckeye, singular. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter. Of course, you can also visit the show on LockedOnPodcast.com. You can tune in on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts. We're also on Spotify, Stitcher. Tune in iHeartRadio. If it's your favorite podcasting platform, then there's a good chance you can find us just as you usually do whenever you, whenever and wherever you listen to your podcast. That's Locked on Buckeyes five days a week on your favorite podcasting platform. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of that problem. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. I'm looking forward to spending the rest of the week with everybody here on Locked on Buckeyes. Big game to preview on Thursday and Friday, of course. Ohio State, Wisconsin, noon on Saturday from the Horseshoe as a Fox televised game, nationally televised at noon. Again, I, I said this earlier, I'm really thrilled for college football because these noon games, these noon kicks on Fox have been really exciting to follow. They, they add a lot of depth. They add entertainment, more football games spread out throughout the day. But while we got that going on to talk about the next two days here on Locked on Buckeyes, there's a bigger problem brewing potentially for Michigan fans up north because footballscoop.com reported on Tuesday that Jim Harbaugh could be looking to creep out the door in the middle of the night. The article went on to say that, according to sources, he and his representatives are eyeing going back to the NFL. Now, I'm going to say right up front, my, my own take here, I'm going to put the Kyle spin here, the Locked on Buckeyes Kyle spin. I'm not buying this report. And it's not that I, I distrust football scoop. It's not that I, I, I don't want to, I'm not trying to call them, I'm not challenging their credibility. But the first thing that jumped out at me with this report is the, they kind of buried the lead. You know, they have, they mentioned the sources saying that he's looking to go back to the NFL, but you don't even find that until the seventh paragraph. That, that, folks, really is burying the lead. It, that's something like, if you think that this is true, if you think that this is a legitimate sourced report, that should be the first thing in your, in your report. Lead with that. If Jim Harbaugh is looking to go to the NFL, that's got to be in graph number one, right at the very top. So I, I'm a little bit skeptical at how this report is constructed, and that leads me to believe that maybe we shouldn't take it too seriously. But the other thing is, practically speaking, I'm not sure that Jim Harbaugh would leave Michigan without beating Ohio State. I know that the argument presented in the article is he's leaving the program better than what he found it. I'm not even sure that's true. 
I understand Michigan went seven and five. I think it was in the final season under Brady Hoke. But is Michigan really doing anything more under Jim Harbaugh than what they did under Brady Hoke? They're certainly not winning more big games. Jim Harbaugh now is one in ten. One and ten. That is one out of eleven in games against ranked opponents. Michigan has not beaten Ohio State under Jim Harbaugh. They've beaten Michigan State twice. They lost to Notre Dame last year. At what point does Michigan demand excellence? This is Michigan for all my life. I've been told that Michigan demands excellence in everything that they do. You know, hail to the victors. Why are they not demanding more out of Jim Harbaugh? And I'm still seeing excuses for the guy. Can you really go, can you really leave Michigan without having beat your big biggest rival? Can you leave Michigan? Let's say they lose to Notre Dame and Michigan State. They're playing better football. I would say the odds suggest out of Michigan State, Notre Dame, and Ohio State, the three big games they have remaining on their schedule, I would say the odds are they'll win one of those games, maybe two. But let's say, in the worst-case scenario, if you're a Michigan fan, they lose all three. Can you afford to go to the NFL under the guise, well, I left them in better shape than I, they were when I arrived? I don't think that cuts it. If I'm a Michigan fan, that would burn me. I just don't think you can leave without beating your, your biggest rival. And I think if you're a Michigan fan right now, if that report turns out to be accurate, you have every right to be upset because you put up with mediocrity the last five years. He was supposed to be the savior of the program. If he walks out that door and goes back to the NFL, I would see that as cowardly. They're paying him $7.5 million right now to be mediocre, to not beat the most important opponents on their schedule. For him to turn around and leave at this point without having done any of the things that were inferred, insinuated, promised, believed, expected, that to me is cowardly. That's paying a bunch of money at somebody that didn't do anything more than Brady Hoke. You could have paid Brady Hoke a third of the same amount of money you were paying Jim Harbaugh to accomplish the same thing. Lose big games, win meaningless games, finish second or third in the Big Ten East, go to a bowl game against an average opponent, and lose. Brady Hoke could have done the same thing for $3 million a year. He was doing the same thing for $3 million a year. Is Jim Harbaugh out the door at the end of the season? I don't know. I think he has always favored the NFL. I think that there was some pressure on him to see it out at Michigan and try to see this through to conclusion, to some sort of successful resolution. That has not happened. To me, some would argue maybe that's why he goes. I think it's a, a bad time to go, unless you really don't think you're going to beat Ohio State. And let's be honest, 
Maybe he sees the writing on the wall. Maybe he does not think he can beat Ohio State. Not in the near future, not with Ryan Day taking over for Urban Meyer and having a bright future ahead. Ohio State's recruiting has continued on as if Urban never left. The offense is looking better than ever. The defense has improved. Maybe this is just the white flag. Jim Harbaugh sees the writing on the wall and wants to get out of there. Is it a possibility that he doesn't believe he can beat Ohio State? Sure. That, to me, explains why he would leave for the NFL. But I don't buy it. I don't think that he could on good conscience. Maybe he doesn't have a conscience. But I don't think he could leave knowing those things the way he does. Hey, so I mentioned before we wrap this show up, Ohio State number 18 in the preseason basketball poll. We'll talk more about the Buckeyes here in coming weeks. I will say this. You may have noticed from this past week, Ohio State, by the way, beat Louisville by 12 points in one of those super secret scrimmages. In case you're wondering, the NFL, the NFL uh, yeah, we're not talking about the NFL, Kyle. Let's, let's get with the program here. The NCAA allows you to play either two exhibition games or an exhibition game in a scrimmage. In a scrimmage, you are not allowed to publicize the score. Now, this rule is not very enforced. The beat writers, the media members, they all manage to get these scores leaked. Some of the, Even sometimes you'll see actual points scored by players. They're not supposed to be publicized, but they do anyway. What I can tell you about that Ohio State-Louisville scrimmage, Louisville was without three of their rotation players, but Ohio State was also without Justin Aarons and Musa Jallo. Jallo, of course, last week it was announced he will be having surgery, arthroscopic ankle surgery. He will be out indefinitely. Both him and Justin Aarons missed that scrimmage. DJ Carton sprained an ankle, DJ Carton being the freshman point guard from Bettendorf, Iowa. He is a top 25 player. He sprained an ankle in that scrimmage. He said on his Twitter account after the secret scrimmage that he will be ready to go by the time the season begins in a, f- a few weeks, by the way, against Villanova at home. Cincinnati at home, I'm sorry. Cincinnati and then Villanova is the following week. Huge, huge schedule for Ohio State in the non-conference season. They've got Cincinnati and Villanova within the first week of the season, both in Columbus. They've got Kentucky and Las Vegas, West Virginia and Cleveland, and a road game to North Carolina in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. So the Buckeyes have a huge non-conference schedule coming up. Ohio State ranked number 18 in the basketball poll. I don't know that that's too high or too low. It's difficult to say, other than we know the Buckeyes will prove themselves one way or the other very, very quickly to start this season. But I will say this. I expected Ohio State to be in the 11 to 15 range. They were ranked number 11 in the Ken Pomeroy preseason poll. If you looked at a lot of the independent third-party publications throughout the summer, Ohio State was ranked anywhere from 8th to 10th to 15th. Generally speaking, I thought that they would be in the top 15 in the preseason poll. They are actually number 18. I think that's a fair place to put them with the qualifier that I think they have a chance to be a borderline top 10 team this season. They've got a very good big. Caleb Wesson lost a lot of weight this offseason. He's in the best shape of his life. They've got a very, very good freshman class coming in. They've got a junior college transfer, or I'm sorry, a junior transfer 
T.J. Walker, point guard from Florida State, who is going to be able to steady the offense, play really good defense, and take some of the pressure off of Carton to be a sensational freshman. So Ohio State basketball in really good shape. This is going to be a fun season. We'll talk more about the Buckeyes in coming days and coming weeks here on the Locked on Buckeyes podcast. Just a reminder, we are Locked on Buckeyes. I am Kyle Lamb, your host. We'll be here daily, Monday through Friday. This is the Locked on Podcast Network. You can check us out on LockedOnPodcast.com. We are on Apple Podcasts and iTunes, Google Play and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and many, many other third-party platforms. So just search for Locked on Buckeyes, and you will be able to find us. We are on Locked on Buckeye on Twitter. You can catch me at KYLAM8 on Twitter. That is going to do it for the show today. Thank you for listening to the pilot episode of Locked on Buckeyes. I will be back tomorrow with more great Ohio State Buckeyes content. Have a great one, everybody.